So tonight we're starting a new series called Tell the Truth, Shame the Devil. This series became a inspiration from the fact of a conversation with me and a couple of people on our staff. And I, we kept talking about culture and how, how everyone has a culture. Like youth life and the exchange at Crossroads are youth groups, but they're two different cultures. Family Life Church is a church just like our Savior's Church, and our Savior's Church is the same church as Crossroads Church, but with different cultures, the way they approach things, the way they look at things, the way they make decisions. Culture is very different with churches, youth groups, whatever. You're group of friends is a culture. Y'all might do things goofy and silly. There might be another friend group that's more serious. They like talking about sentimental things. It's all two different cultures. And the problem in our society is culture has now, we don't create culture anymore. We get enslaved to it now. Culture has been more of a, let me pull you in rather than we create something that's God culture. And the thing that the devil's really, really good at is telling lies. The Bible says that the devil is the author of all lies. This means everything that comes out of his mouth is lies. So when a lie pops into your head, you can tell it's the devil. You, you know when it's the devil. But the devil gets tricky with his lies because he likes to use certain facts or even sometimes, let me say, truths to get you off track, to get you off of what God's truth is. And tonight, about tell the truth and shame the devil, I want to talk about the word of God. I want to talk about the Bible for a second, because there's something about God's word that I'm going to talk about in this series that's going to be more truth than your agenda. It's going to be more truth than somebody else's opinion about you. This is a truth that's going to propel you farther than anybody else's agenda on you. So, for tell the truth and shame the devil, I want to give you the theme scripture for tonight. That's Psalm 119, verse 160. All your words are true. All the righteous laws are eternal. It's a cringy title, but week one, we, I want to talk about to infinity and beyond. Yeah, laugh. I need y'all to laugh. Because my illustration to the beginning, okay, now you laugh last minute. <laughs> She's like last second. So, so my illustration is I love, I love uh, Disney movies, Disney Pixar movies. I think they have amazing quotes in those films. Some of you might not know this movie. I'm pretty sure some of you who grow up in this day and age, you probably do not know this movie. If you do, I love you. We'll hang out afterwards. I really, really love this movie. Has any of you heard of Treasure Planet? Okay, thank God. It is the most underrated Disney animated movie ever. If, to, to most of you, to, to, if you just don't know for some reason, Treasure Planet is about a kid, um, when he was younger, his dad left his family. And so he kind of grew up becoming this rebellious kid and he would get in trouble with the robo cops. It was like if you took Star Wars and Pirates of the Caribbean and basically put it together. That's basically what Treasure Planet is. And this one pirate hits their, um, hits where they live, and he gives them this gold sphere to a map. It shows a map to Treasure Planet, which is the most richest planet in all of the galaxy. And 
he goes on a uh, journey with another pirate ship, and he basically connects with, you can say, a very dysfunctional pirate, a very backstabbing pirate. Even though they got a really good connection, this pirate always backstabbed the kid, and and he and you know he. He always left him to dry, but the kid kept going back to that pirate. And it was such a cool illustration on how he didn't have that growing up. Even though that was toxic with that pirate, he still saw it as something, as something that he could have. That's not my sermon, by the way. I'm just giving you a cool illustration. But that was the thing. I love Disney, especially Disney Pixar. Some of the quotes, like, like, uh, like, my favorite quote of all time is, it's not into infinity beyond. That's just the title because it works with what I'm talking about. But my favorite quote is from Finding Nemo, don't touch the butt. That's my favorite quote ever. And if you don't know what it's talking about, if you've never seen Finding Nemo, you're probably like, Jacob, you're inappropriate. No, I'm not talking about a butt. I'm talking about the butt of a ship. <laughs> the butt of a ship. Don't touch the butt. Another phrase, uh, Lilo and Stitch. Uh, uh, Stitch, I was going to do the voice, but that's so cringe. I'm going to, no, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. So, so Stitch says, Ohana means family, which means family lasts forever. That's another cute little quote that they have in a Disney movie. And then Toy Story, which is a big Disney movie. There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> in my boot. That's not the quote I was talking about. But Buzz Lightyear's biggest quote is to infinity and beyond. And he says it all, some of the, some of the parts in the film. And also, side note, I'm excited about Lightyear. Lightyear looks like a really, really, really good movie. And I'm, looks very, very pretty. But his biggest phrase in the movie and his quote as, as a toy character is into infinity and beyond. And I thought about as, as I was going through Disney quotes, cause I was thinking about Disney movies. And I thought about that phrase when I thought of the term of like, of like God's truth and who God is and who he says we are will last until infinity and beyond. God's word and what he says about you and what he says about himself is eternal. It's nothing, there's nothing that will ever be able to contradict the truth of what God says. God's truth will last eternity. Opinions won't. God's truth will last forever. Things that people say about you will not. The Bible also says that the world is temporary. Everything in this world is temporary, but the word of God will last forever. That's the truth. Who God is, who he says that you are, will last for eternity, to infinity and beyond. It's the biggest truth of all time. And that's the problem. That's why I want to jump back into the culture part because culture will treat everything like it's truth. They will make, they will say your truth like it's an opinion and they will treat opinions as truths. But guess what? Your opinion changes. Your opinion will change over time. One thing you think is true, you might not think it's true later. Your truth, a.k.a. your opinion, your agenda, will always change. But God's truth, what he says about you, what he says about what he does, what his word says, that's why the Bible is so important, y'all. And that's why I cling to it, because what it says will last longer than anything. 
It's the longest lasting truth. It's everlasting. I almost called the sermon everlasting truth because it is everlasting forever. This means it will not change. It will not get fade. It will not die down. It stays the same and it's just as powerful as it was 2000 years ago. His truth is eternal. It's forever. And the thing is, and the beautiful part is that what he says about you lasts forever. Because the things that people say about you, you think will last forever. It's not true. Because one, one, a lot of times I've been told a lot of things. I've been told a lot of things in my life that have, that have struck me at my core and it, and it happens to all of us. But the funny thing was, was that it never lasted. It never lasted as long as I thought it was going to be. I can say it can, it lasts maybe a couple of years. Traumatic events, it lasts a couple of years. Some, for some of us, it lasts 10 years. For some other people, it lasts 20 years. But it's a small portion compared to God's eternal truth about you and about himself and about what he says and what he sees. That will always last forever. It's into infinity and beyond. It's to, it's going to propel longer than you will ever be alive. Your physical body. If you're saved, your spiritual body will go into heaven or whatever. But your, it will last longer than you will last on earth. It's eternal. It will always stay and it will never fade. And we have to understand this. God's word is truth that stands forever. It never gets old. Just like in Psalm 119 that we just read, God's word is completely true. And because it's true, it never gets old or goes away. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed, and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All scripture is inspired by and comes from God. God cannot lie because he is only good. This means that every word that comes from him is true. And it's so funny because... The way we're lied to, because, because I've even said this from before, lies can eventually become truth. You know that, right? For you, not for somebody else. Now, people, there could be a large group of people that believe a lie. That is true. But there are certain things, certain insecurities, and certain parts in your heart that show you that it is not true but you've believed it and you've believed it longer than you ought to. And this is where God's truth starts to break stronghold. Because if you would take it in for yourself, if you would take it in to understand that God's truth can outbound all other lies, then you would be more set free than you think you would be. But because we're so glued to certain lies and certain dysfunctions and certain things that we're used to, because it's tradition, we are trapped in a lie that sounds like the truth. So you believe lies right now. All of us do. I probably do. I'm pretty sure I do. There's lies that we believe that are sometimes true. Some, a lot of the times, especially with lies, sometimes it's not what people say. Sometimes it's not what culture says sometimes. They influence, but it's not really them right? It's not really them. It's really me. 
because they can say whatever lie they want, but it's my responsibility of what I do with it. It's my responsibility of what goes in my head or not. God has given me authority over my thoughts, and he has told me to make it obedient and keep it captive to make it obedient to him. He's given me that authority, but, but we forget, and we sometimes don't cooperate with what God has already installed in us. And now all these lies, even as a Christian, we are believing and they have become truths. And now you can't get out and you're trapped within a truth that you believe. That's why you have to learn to find the real truth. People's truths will always dry up. People's ideas will never punch through, but God's ideas, God's truth, the way God sees it, the way God knows how to do it, the way he's in control, he knows how it works. And he knows what you need and he knows what to give you. But sometimes we think we know what we need. So we don't, we say, God, I'm good. And then we get what we want. But what we want is not what we need because what we want sometimes makes us miserable. So if I'm not driving to what God wants me to have and what I need in the season that I'm in, because it's a thing about pride because pride creates its own prescriptions. It's like going to a pharmacy and saying, this is actually what I need. You don't know. Now, sometimes some pharmacists are kind of goofy, but like most of the time they know what they're talking about, but we don't. When we think we know what we want and we know the truth of whatever, it takes the trust off of God and we do not put our trust in him. We've lost truth, but that's the problem. Your truth does not last. Your truth does not sustain itself. Your truth is a lie. Your truth is not real because if it was real, it should last forever because real truth lasts forever. So if it doesn't, if it dies in time, then you weren't really living in truth. You were living in an agenda. You were living in a truth that the devil likes to give us sometimes. Tell the truth to yourself and shame. Matter of fact, rebuke the devil because all the devil wants to do is to make you stay in a state where you can't hear truth and you can't get set free. It's not because of what you're doing is wrong. Just because you have a, your truth doesn't mean you're, you're always wrong. It means that the devil has you in a place where you are not free. The Bible doesn't say the truth makes you act right. It doesn't say the truth doesn't make you Stop believing this dumb stuff. The truth of what God says, quote, sets you free. That's what it says. It sustains, it liberates, and it sets you free. The truth of what God says goes on forever. It's always true. It's like, uh, did I put up 2 Timothy? 2 Timothy 3, I don't think I even said it yet. 2 Timothy, I think I did. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training 
in righteousness. It's meant, another scripture says that it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And what it does is that it cuts through the bone and the marrow of the spirit because God's word is not like other stuff that just makes you feel good for a little bit. It cuts deep within a root. It cuts deep within a root in order to deal with the problem, but we don't want to deal with the problem. We want to just be okay. But you can't be okay until the not okay is resolved. You can't be okay when the not okay is literally eating your insides. And now you're having to live in this state where I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm good. Culture's telling me I'm good. Culture's telling me I need to be happy. Culture's telling me this. But you're dying. You see how their truth doesn't work? You see how the way they preach truth, even Sarah said it in her little devo, that their truth does not sustain? It kills you. It destroys your identity of who you are, of what you're supposed to be. You're not supposed to be like the culture. The culture wants you to think that you're a part of its group. But in all reality, it's not making you a part of the group. It's making you a slave to it. And that's my quote. Put the quote up, Matt. It's not, not the other quote, but like the, the phrase. We should start debunking. Did it say debunking? We need to debunk culture's truth rather than be a slave to culture's truth. We need to start combating that within us instead of letting it enslave us. Because guess what? Some of us are slaves to culture. Some of us are slaves to society. Some of us are slaves to politicalness. Some of us are slaves to how she looks on Instagram and I want to look like that. We are slaves to culture. We're slaves to culture. And last time I checked, God's truth does not make you a slave. It sets you free. So that contradicts itself. Culture wants you to feel happy, but it doesn't want you to experience joy. It wants you to have peace in a situation, but only if the situation is good. Only if the situation is going well. On the contrary, theologically, peace is within the storm. Peace is within this. And if we don't learn that, if we don't learn to tap into the Holy Spirit with that, we will always be slaves to that cultured mindset. It's in the church too sometimes. It's in the church. We like to think, some people genuinely believe, and I don't know why, once I get saved, I'm good. Once I get saved, I'm extremely blessed. Well, I'm not talking about blessed on the inside. I'm talking about external blessing that we're always expecting. And that type of culture teaches you to, once you're with God, nothing bad's going to happen. Nothing bad is going to happen. As a matter of fact, as Pastor Brandon says, matter of fact, it says that Jesus, his words, that you will always have trials, that you will always have problems, that you will always have to go through something that you're not comfortable with. But what does he say after that? He says, I am with you. He says that I'm always with you. That's the difference. People who aren't saved go through stuff just like we do, but we have someone in our ring. We have someone in our lane to walk us through that. That's the truth. But we're so caught up in culture's truth. I was with, um, we had a staff breakfast yesterday at Coffee Depot, and I was uh, actually talking to Pastor Brandon about culture. And we, because uh, I went on a Zoom call with a couple of youth pastors at Bethany, and we were talking about how the culture 
is literally like churches adapting to culture, but we're not fighting culture. We're just adapting to it, thinking that we need to be in it in order to relate to people. But that's not the case. And we learn to get to part of the culture. And it was so funny because two days after that, I don't know if he's saved or not. I, I don't know his personal beliefs, but, um, but, uh, the Christian, the Christian rapper Ruslan does a video and he talks about Kendrick Lamar's new music video. And in that song, there's a lot of things that talk about culture. And Kendrick kind of hits that note of the worldliness of culture is horrible. Like cancel culture or I don't even know what type of other culture. I probably should have Googled that and seen other cultures. But like cancel culture, that's the biggest one. You do something, the littlest of things, you're done. That's not the grace of God. That's not the mercy of God. Just because someone makes a mistake and someone throws into something, we just throw them out the door. That's cancel culture. Culture is not healthy. It's toxic. Culture is not real. Culture tries to make a facade. And there's a quote that, that, um, Kanye West made when Kanye West made when he was writing, uh, Jesus is King. And he says this, put it up, Matt. I thought I was the God of culture, but turns out the culture became my God. And, th- and, and in this time, Kanye West is one of the biggest culture dudes of all time. Like he had culture around his, his, his finger. But he realized after he was at, after he experienced an encounter with Jesus, he said, now I'm a slave to culture. We have become a slave to things that people tell us, the things that we like, because this is what culture does. It tells you something that you like. Just because you like it doesn't mean it's right or it's healthy or it's beneficial to you. That's what culture does. Culture just tells you, it's like how the devil does it. The culture will tell you what's great about it. He won't, it won't tell you the side effects of, of that. He won't tell you the side effects of it. He's only going to tell you what's good and what's great and what feels awesome and what really excites you. And what happens, you get into the trap and you suffer those consequences because you have given your time and effort to what the culture is doing. And that's the world. I don't care how many cultures, that's the world's culture. It's not our culture. Our culture is the word. Our culture is the church. Our culture is each other in Christ. That's the culture. That's the culture. The truth about the opinions of people, all these things, it doesn't last. It doesn't last. What lasts forever? Wish I had a physical one. But this lasts forever. All of this that you can read, all of this that you can get into, all of this that can tell you who God is and who you are is all in this. I'm just Daniel as an example. You can get all of this. This is going to last longer than any philosophy you try to grab onto, any type of agenda that you think is going to work out. It won't because it's going to, it's going to kill you on the inside. But maybe culture, you've adapted to it because you're tired. You're tired of the suffering or you're tired. That's why, that's why Jesus, that's why they say Jesus is our personal Lord and Savior. Because 
whether we accept Jesus or not, he's Lord and Savior no matter what. If you don't accept Jesus, that's great. That's, that's okay. That's whatever. He's Lord and Savior anyways. But your personal Lord and Savior is that Jesus saves you, not a pill bottle. Jesus saves you, not a binge eating. Jesus saves you, not a, a healthy or a toxic relationship that you become, that you become an idol to. Jesus saves you, not Pornhub. Jesus saves you. Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior. That's what that means. That all these escape routes that we go to because culture makes it okay. Culture makes it okay. They make you escaping to these things that make you suffer and it causes you to separate yourself from God. They call it truth. And they call it good. But what it does is that it kills you. On the inside and the outside. Sometimes I get anxious when I get on social media because it's so much. We get overloaded with things. And then we ask God for peace. How can we ask for God for peace when our head is too full and our mind is too much and we don't have any type of clear head because we're so glued to just seeing everything on our phone and being captivated? That's why they call it a feed because it feeds you. It feeds you. It feeds you what you want, but it's not giving you what you need. Jesus gives you what you need. Christ knows what you need. He is the supplier of all needs. And if you would get into that and you would drop your knees into his presence to get what you need, he is faithful to give it. He gives it every time. I'm betting on you. I will debate you on it. He will give you everything that you need. Not that what you think you need, but he'll give you exactly what you need in the season that you're in. That's what he's going to give. He knows exactly. Y'all, y'all have no idea that God knows what you need. God knows where you're hurting. God knows where you don't know. God knows what you need. But we have a problem. We think we know what we need. When you think you know what you need, you're doing it in your own strength. And what happens is that you start to crumble. Because what you think you need, I promise you, is not compared to what God gives you. Jesus said, if you evil people know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more can the Heavenly Father give you? We need to stop indulging in our opinions and the culture's agenda and other people's philosophies and start getting into the truth of God's word. That is where you will receive freedom. It's not from... It's not from your boyfriend. It's not from just a parent. Parents have good advice, but it's not just from a parent. It's not just from even me. It's from his word. His word is going to last to infinity and beyond. It's going to last forever. It's sufficient for itself and it's sufficient for you. It's sufficient. It's sufficient. Put that point up, Matt. The word of God is truth. It's simple. It's as simple as that. I don't have to make some cool point or phrase. God's word is literal truth. It's literal truth. And it's always going to help you. It's there to help you. It's there to bring you out of depression. It's there to bring you out of despair. 
It's there to bring you out of certain places. And you cannot tell me, oh, Jacob, I've tried. Because I've tried. And it wasn't until I had a real encounter with God that it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. Depression might go away for a little while, but sometimes my anxiety is still compact. But I know who to go to. Who do you go to? Who do you go to? Is it Instagram? Is it when you have to face abuse that TikTok is the only outlet that's going to sustain your comfort? Is that, <laughs> is you being, oh, I cough, but thank you. God bless you, bro. If, is it, is it you being alone and isolated that you have to go to those other things that is trying to supply needs, but it won't last forever because guess what? You got to keep buying it. You got to, everything comes with a price in this world. Everything comes with a price. Relationships come with a price. If you think that person's going to supply your needs, <laughs> think again. It's not. Because guess what? They're human beings. They don't deserve that load. And they don't, they can't handle that load. They can't. We rely on other things. When you take that and you try to think it's going to do something, it doesn't really do anything. But God, your Father in heaven, is going to supply that because his word says that I will, I will supply all your needs and anything you ask, I will give. If it's according to my will, I will give it. His word lasts forever. I want to end with this story. There was a time where God's word really hit me because it doesn't really hit until you relate to it. It doesn't really, <coughs> like you can read a word scripture a thousand times and you're like, it's cool and everything, but it's just, it's not hitting me. But there are certain scriptures where it's like, man, I can, I understand now. There's a revelation to it. And you can come up, Rachel. I, I, I'm going to want you early. I, I should have signaled you. Um, there is, there was a time where I dealt with self-image. Even as a young kid, because you think as a Christian kid, you're supposed to be okay. You're supposed to be great. You're supposed to be all right. But, but I felt like I couldn't be me because I had to be Christian kid. I had to be church kid. So I had a very hard time really being myself because I had to be something else. And not, and being myself wasn't bad. I wasn't like being stupid or anything, but a part of that I thought no one would like, so I dealt with that image. And it, and, and we know the scripture, and it's so, it's so used, but for me, it helps me when I'm dealing with self-image. And it's in Genesis where God was, when he was creating all creation, he said to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, his angels, he said, I will create them. We will create them in our image, in our image. And then God spoke to me and said, you are a reflection of me. You are a reflection of me. 
You're not a reflection of what someone else has said, but you are a reflection of me. And y'all, when I heard that, I broke down because I've always dealt with image. And God said, just because you deal with self-image doesn't mean I don't love you any less. And just because you think you're all that doesn't mean I love you way more. I love you just as you are. And y'all, there's a space. God is giving you a space because he knows where you mess up. He knows those places. Culture wants to make you think that you have to be perfect, that you have to look a certain way, act a certain way. Even religion does that. Religion is a toxic culture just as much. And it teaches you to be right. But sometimes I don't want to act right because I'm suffering right now. So I can't really, I can't really, I can't really be what the culture wants me to be because right now I don't want to be that and it's fighting against the culture and I can't, I can't be myself. But God is saying, do it. God is saying, be. Step into my grace and do what you need to do. Y'all, when God told me that, I felt like a sinner. (laughs) I felt like I was committing all types of sin when he let me do that. And I wasn't, but I wasn't okay. And God said, step in this place. If you ain't okay, release right here. And I did it. And now, you know what that does? What they call it? They call it a safe place. You know what that does? It's a place where nobody's watching you. It's a place where nobody's going to think of you a different way. And it's also a place where you don't, you don't have to hurt other people with it. It's in a place where God has put you. It's anointed. It's going to feel dirty, but it's anointed at the same time. It's anointed at the same time because he's giving you a grace space. I call it a grace space. And his, his grace, when the Bible says his grace is sufficient, sufficient means that it's going to sustain itself for everything. For everything. You feel like you can't tell God anything? Tell him something. Tell him how mad you are at him. Tell him how much you hate people right now. Tell him how you feel. And guess what? He's going to put you in that gray space. He's going to put you in that space where nobody else is looking. Nobody else can judge you. And you won't have to hurt other people. It's in a grace space. It's in a great space. It's in a place where you don't have to be anything, act like anything. It's a place of where he made you. It's in a place where he's wired you like this and he's giving you the place to be that. He's giving you a place. Take that step into that room and let him do this. You are covered by the grace space. I like that. I I, I wasn't going to mention the grace space because it was for me, but I think it's for you as well. Grace space. He's giving you the space to be you. He's giving you the grace. He's giving you the grace. That is the truth. So I shame the devil. I hate the devil. I really do. Because he lies so much to the point 
where you can't even talk to God because you think that you're so messed up. But God's like, come into my courts because I'm the high priest. I know that you're filthy, but I won't get dirty because I'm perfect. Jesus says, I am the high priest. I won't get dirty. I will, matter of fact, clean you when you get into it. Doja Cat get into it yeah? <laughs> I'm sorry I thought about it get into that grace space get into that space with every head bowed and every eye closed let's finish this off I need you to know that the culture will make you look a certain way and that's not who you are I know for a fact that's not who you are culture likes to enslave. It doesn't like to adapt. It likes to enslave. But God's truth about you, you are his prized possession. Pastor Brandon said it this Sunday in James, you are his prized possession. You are a hidden gem in the kingdom of God. When you get saved, when you believe in Jesus, you are now adopted into sonship, into daughtership. This is where you are now. You don't have to be in the culture's grasp. You get to be in the kingdom in the kingdom with every head bowed and I want to give this an opportunity I want to give you an opportunity if that's you it's like Jacob the truth is hard sometimes because I'm going to be honest with y'all the other day I was listening to a song and it was talking about how uh, God you do, like uh, you made me just like you made me you don't make any mistakes and he says, I, will, I can be real with you. And then he talks about his love never fails. I'm the one that you love. Y'all, that was so hard to hear. Because you think to yourself, how can God love me when I know me? God says, I don't care. If you're having a hard time believing truths and you've been captivated into the culture's lies, I want to encourage you. God wants to infill you with his truth of who you are. If that's you, I just want to make you, I just want you to do a bold move and raise your hand. If that's you, if you're dealing with that, I want you to raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Acknowledge it. I want to see your hand. I want to see your hand. If I can have, as your hands, keep your hands raised. If I can have two of my lady leaders with these two hands right here, can you go pray over them? Whoever you can grab, just they're at their seat, just go pray over them. If you are struggling with truth, if you are struggling with truth and it's hard for you to hear, raise your hand. If that's you, let us pray over you. Let God download you with his truth. Let God download you with his truth. Because his truth will set you free. I believe it in Jesus' name. That his truth will set you free. His truth will set you free.
I'm going to pray us out. But I want to challenge you. Tonight, I want you to ask God to show you the real truth. Maybe you've been believing lies. Maybe you haven't dived into the Bible in a while. Maybe it's just been a lot right now and it's hard to hear truth. I want you to open up the word this week and ask God to speak to you. The God of the word, which is the Bible, wants to encounter you and lead you and guide you into his truth. Because his truth, unlike the cultures, will set you free. Father, I thank you for this word. Father, I thank you for the truth that is setting people free this evening. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would meet every student where they're at, whether they raise their hand or not. Father, you know their needs. You know what they are struggling with. You know their insecurities. You know their doubts. You know their dysfunctions. You know that they're imperfect. You know these things. But Lord, we know that you will meet us where we're at. So Father, meet every student that needs this in Jesus' name. I pray that you would comfort them with your presence. I pray that you would comfort them with your spirit. I pray that you would comfort them with your love. I pray that you would comfort them with affirmation of who you say they are. Not the affirmation of man, but the affirmation of you, Father. What you say about them matters more than what they say about themselves or what people say about them and what culture says about them. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would meet them where they're at in Jesus' name. That you would meet them with the truth and that the devil has no more hold, that we rebuke all of his distractions, all of his lies, all of his deceptions, all of his manipulations, all of his gaslighting, all of his messed up tricks. We pray that the devil will be shamed in the name of Jesus, that he doesn't have to live in us in the name of Jesus, that he doesn't have to oppress us in the name of Jesus, that he is done in the name of Jesus, that he has no hold, that he has no hold. We have a victory over the devil in the name of Jesus. Devil, you have no room here. It is full of the Lord Jesus. You have no room to deceive us anymore. You have no room to torture us in our hearts and minds anymore. We will not let this lie stay as the truth. We want to be set free by what God says. Thank you, Lord your truth and thank you for your revelations that are constantly continuing Lord that you have made us just the way you made us and that you're willing to put us in the grace space in order for us to be what you've created us to be thank you Lord for your ever present grace and your everlasting truth we pray that we believe that your word will live to infinity and beyond we thank you Lord we praise you and we honor you. It's in Jesus' name. In Jesus' holy name, we pray. Amen and amen.